You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, I'm Teresa McKee, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you for joining me as we explore ways to increase mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences through weekly topics, expert interviews, and guided mindfulness meditations. Mindfulness is presence, awareness, It's paying attention to what's happening within us and around us. Mindfulness increases our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. It can also enhance our focus and productivity. Perhaps most importantly in today's uncertain world, mindfulness strengthens our ability to be more compassionate toward ourselves as well as others. Sometimes, at the end of a long day or week, I feel more than exhausted. I feel wounded. When I see too many people in the course of a day or week who are experiencing too much pain, I'm holding too much of other people's pain and need to heal myself. Cognitively, I realize it's not technically my pain, but in holding the space for others, I can get emotionally wounded. Life can be difficult, to say the least, and we accumulate everything from micro to major harms or injuries throughout our lifetimes. Because of that, whether physical or emotional, most of us have some areas in need of healing. Whatever pain or discomfort we may experience, mindfulness practices can be beneficial through increased awareness of what we are actually experiencing versus the judgment of what is occurring. Non-judgment is a key component of mindfulness and a major contributor towards healing. Through mindful awareness, we can shift out of many of our discomforts and allow our minds and bodies to heal. I'm certainly not saying that professional treatment should not be sought for any type of pain or illness, but learning to meet uncomfortable feelings and sensations with less resistance and without judgment, can support any treatments we might seek. Most of our emotional pain comes from our own minds as we ruminate and worry and fret. We judge ourselves and we judge others, making up distressing stories that cause us stress and upset. And as our emotional discomfort increases, we want to eradicate it because we judge it as a bad experience. We may try lashing out at others, numbing through unhealthy activities, or distracting ourselves in an attempt to ignore the pain. 
but all of those efforts tend to either make the situation worse or drag it out longer. When we remove judgment from the scenario, the emotional pain typically lessens and we're able to heal. Emotions are contagious, so we can also catch feelings of sadness, anger, and worry, like me when I have too many clients in a day. Self-awareness allows me to see when this is occurring so that I can take steps to heal myself. The foundation of this healing is self-love through kindness. When we are in emotional pain, we are out of balance, so in order to heal, we simply need to restore balance. We first need to identify what's out of balance within us. Has work taken over all waking hours? Has the self-care routine fallen to the wayside? We can start healing by connecting to our breath, feeling the rhythm of it, the constancy of it. As we focus on our breath, we connect to the present moment. I ask myself at this point, am I safe in this moment? Or am I okay right now? The answer is yes. Now I am connected to my entire system, which has its own intelligence and is self-healing. I place my hand over my heart and breathe in self-compassion, honoring myself for experiencing the pain and being resilient enough to allow it to be. I know it will pass. With this knowledge, I can explore the pain if I choose to, looking at it with curiosity instead of judgment. Why am I feeling this emotion? How do I feel about myself while experiencing this emotion? Where do I feel this emotion in my body? Is there any action I need to consider about the event that I responded to with this emotion? By staying curious and non-judgmental, I am free to ask questions and can also return to focusing on my breath if any of my questions make me uncomfortable. It's a gentle, loving process. It is accepting that I am uncomfortable, and instead of resisting it, I can lean into it as my system processes it. There is nothing wrong with me just because I am uncomfortable. The discomfort is either from my own mind or based on an external event, but I can stay focused on the present moment while observing my thoughts and emotions. Normally, when we experience discomfort, we blame ourselves or others, and these judgments only increase our pain. Have you ever asked yourself, what's wrong with me, when you're very upset about something or with someone else? That's a judgment that you're broken in some way and need to be fixed. We don't need to be fixed. We simply need to stay in the present, which stops the spiral of rumination about the past or worry about the future. The past is done and cannot be changed. The future is a mystery to all of us, and we can't possibly know what will happen. Consider what we do when we see someone we care about in distress. We soothe them. We encourage them. We reassure them. Our ultimate goal is to help them feel better. We can do the same thing for ourselves. Holding a hand over the heart, gently patting the chest, even hugging ourselves 
all send signals to the brain to release hormones that feel comforting. Focusing on the present, practicing self-compassion, and observing our discomfort with curiosity instead of judgment supports us in healing the emotional wounds we're experiencing. If you've experienced an emotional trauma, I would suggest that you seek professional support, but you can still use these practices to remain calmer and to increase self-compassion. Just as with an emotional wound, when we experience the physical sensation of pain, we typically judge it as bad or awful and set out to immediately get rid of it. Research shows, however, that when we become more aware of our sensations without the judgment, the perception of physical pain decreases. Whether due to an injury, illness, or a chronic condition, pain is most definitely an uncomfortable sensation. When pain strikes, it takes less than a millisecond for our brain to register the pain and for our mind to begin resisting it. We may judge our bodies as faulty. We may feel that something is being done to us that we don't deserve. We fight against the sensations we're feeling. We can reconsider pain as a message from the body instead of a faulty body breaking down. What is the pain trying to tell us? Feeling pain doesn't mean the body is failing, but exactly the opposite. It's working perfectly alerting us to the fact that something needs to be addressed. Research shows that mindfulness meditation has been shown to be helpful with pain. As we resist the pain, we tend to tighten or clench around the painful area, which only increases pain. That's why so many women take breathing lessons before going into labor. If we get settled into ourselves, as I just described for emotional pain, Focusing on our breathing, pausing, and observing, we can change our experience with pain. Once we're connected to the present moment, we can explore the pain with curiosity. In as much detail as possible, consider what the pain feels like. Is it sharp, throbbing, dull, sporadic, constant? The more we zero in on the details, we begin to notice that pain isn't just one sensation. There are multiple sensations occurring, and some hurt less than others. Some don't hurt at all. It could be tingling or warmth, for example, surrounding the core of the pain. I have regular pain caused by inflammation in my hips, knees, and shoulders so I practice this exercise fairly frequently. I can tell you that it's not uncommon to start berating ourselves for the pain we're in. If only I had paid attention when it was simply a little uncomfortable. But sometimes instead of listening to my body and taking a break or slowing down, I think I can ignore it for a little longer, and then am upset with myself for the price I have to pay. That's judgment. I am very aware of what's happening in my body and know that being sedentary is the worst thing I can do for it. That's when I become inflamed. But my work requires that I spend a lot of time sitting in front of a computer, a microphone, and a video camera. So instead of beating myself up for doing my job, 
I return to self-compassion. Many people have been conditioned to ignore their bodies. We ignore or push through when we feel an ache or a twinge or a pain. That minor toothache can wait a few days because A, who wants to go to the dentist, and B, there's not enough time right now anyway. That sore back is irritating, but as long as we don't lift anything heavy, we can put off dealing with it. Frequent headaches? Frequent aspirin or ibuprofen to get through. Lots of us do something similar until the pain becomes significant enough to prevent us from pushing through, and then we're stuck in a state of suffering. The best time to connect with your body is not when you're in excruciating pain. It's a mindful practice that takes time, but that eventually becomes a habit. Try relaxing with a body scan practice. A body scan allows us to identify what we're feeling and where we're feeling it in a non-judgmental way, focusing on one part of the body at a time. I start with my feet and work my way up, but you can explore your body in whatever way is most comfortable for you. It's simply a process of focusing on the part and observing every detail that you can discover. Is my foot warm, cold, tingly, painful, or any other sensation? Can I feel where it connects to the floor? Is there a sensation of a sock or shoe on it? Once I'm done with my foot, I move to the ankle, then the shin, knee, thigh, and I just keep going all the way up to the top of my head. As you can imagine, this is not a three-minute practice, so I don't do it every day, but I try to do it once a week for about 20 minutes per scan. The process is very relaxing, so I don't do it at bedtime because I fall asleep before I finish every single time. But beyond relaxation, practicing the body scan familiarizes you with your body in a way that we just don't normally do. How much time have you ever spent thinking about your ankle? Probably none, unless it's in pain. By getting to really know all of your body parts, you enhance your ability to observe them non-judgmentally when you do experience pain. The body scan cultivates a caring and acceptance toward your body, and you'll become more attuned to when something needs to be paid attention to. You'll also discover areas where you're holding tension that you might not have noticed otherwise. We can consider letting go of the expectation that pain will pass when and how we want it to. My knee may be screaming at me in the middle of a walk, but my frustration that it won't wait until I get home or won't stop in a few seconds is pretty futile. It does what it needs to do. That pain is probably caused by inflammation, which is my body's way of protecting the joint itself. So accepting the pain for what it is and recognizing that it is serving a purpose helps me avoid resistance and judgment. It may seem counterintuitive, but keep active if you're able. I may have to shorten my walk, but a short walk is better than no walk. On days where my hips or knees just do not cooperate, I can consider working out my arms or focus on stretching. 
and on really bad days where my body tells me physical activity is just plain out of the question, I switch to something enjoyable, like reading or watching a favorite show, or something educational so that I'm working out my brain muscle. I think it's important to try to do something other than crawl under the covers, because I then risk increasing emotional pain. The physical pain's quite enough on those days, so no need to add any other pain. If you're really struggling, though, pause, get centered, and then ask yourself, what do I need most in this moment? It may be bed, or it may be to call a doctor, or it may be to sit outside in the sun. The key is to listen to yourself and respond. We're better able to accept and process our pain if we already have a regular self-care routine. Eating a healthy diet, at least most of the time, getting plenty of sleep so our immune system is in top form, getting daily movement, and maintaining a network of family or friends all contribute to calmness and clarity even when pain erupts. When in pain, it's tempting to crack open the Ben and Jerry's and plop on the couch, but that's probably not what would best serve your system or the pain. So try to stick with your self-care routine, even when pain feels disruptive. Finally, don't forget to breathe. That tensing up I mentioned earlier includes the breath. We frequently hold our breath when hit with a sharp pain, for example. So remember to take deep, slow breaths if you're hurting. Remember to make the out-breath about twice as long as the in-breath to turn on the relaxation response, which will further support you in dealing with the pain at hand. Buddha said, Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. I'm not sure we can avoid all suffering, but we can certainly practice mindfulness to minimize it. We can start by understanding that healing means to make sound or return to health. And we can do that by restoring balance to mind and body through curiosity, non-judgment, and acceptance. Are you ready to explore your pain through a mindful perspective? Until next time, I encourage you to meditate daily and be mindful in all of your everyday activities. Simply bring your full awareness to the present moment to build your mindfulness skills, paying attention to every detail of what you're doing, from washing dishes to work tasks to taking a walk. Your mind will wander, and that's normal. Each time you notice it has wandered, that's mindfulness. Consider how wonderful the world could be if everyone was mindful. You can help make that happen. It all starts with a mindful moment. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other great shows like the Daily Meditation Podcast, Everything Everywhere, and Movie Therapy. We deeply appreciate your support at patreon.com, A Mindful Moment. Our podcast is now available to view on our YouTube channel, so be sure to follow us there and on Instagram at A Mindful Moment Podcast. Visit our website, amindfulmoment.com, to access podcasts, scripts, and book recommendations. 
A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee and or Melissa Sims. The Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, Meteorite Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. <laughs>